welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And before we get started, I want to remind everybody that we are on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Kathlamet, Calitz, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes that made their homes in and around Portland. And remember, I say it every time, a land acknowledgement is just the beginning. Um, We need to fight for the rights of indigenous people in this country and own the things that we've done and make amends and reconciliation or restitution in any way that we can and as much as we can. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about two topics that um, I've been speaking about a little bit and writing about lately. One is an inner wisdom. I did a podcast on that a few weeks ago. And the other one I want to talk about is not fighting for love. And that I spoke on in my most recent blog post and mantras for the rest of us. I say this all the time um, (laughs) that I'm going to do a shorter one this week and then I get into a subject and it's it's not short <laughs> because I usually have a lot to say on certain topics. My goal this week is to have a shorter podcast mainly and hopefully so that you go out and try some of these. Much like um, Resma Mimimkin's book, My Grandmother's Hands, which I've talked about a lot on here, he is very clear about each chapter, that he does not want the reader to go to the next chapter until the reader has done the prompts that are in the back of each chapter. And he's right. There are so many valuable tools in that book about calming ourselves, about centering, about releasing um, trapped trauma in the body, so many things. So taking a page out of his book, I want literally and figuratively, I want maybe for you to treat this podcast like it's my normal, you know, 45 to 60 minute podcast. And um, leave space for yourself to practice some of this listening to inner wisdom and some of the ways to tap into feeling loved. So I want to speak about where that mantra came from. And the mantra is, I will not fight for love. And the mantra came out of my own experience, really always feeling like love that so many people seem to get, receive, give, (laughs) you know, all of the things 
so easily without really having to think about, I have to think a lot about. Or constantly be talking to my inner critic about um, my value as a person and my worth and just because I'm alive I should be loved or I deserve to be loved and I don't remember what I was doing I think it was Monday this Monday morning I was um, walking around the house and something just hit me where I was like all of these little ways that people communicate their love for each other in friendships in marriage relationships partner relationships um with children i i sort of i don't think i missed the memo on that but because i didn't get that from my parents in a way that translated as we love you no matter what now when i say we love you no matter what that doesn't mean there's consequ- not consequences for the things that we do i just mean this this idea of being loved and not having having to earn that love or have that love be based in your performance or wrapped up in anything about you your looks your body your mind any of your ability is just because you are alive and in the world that makes you lovable. I did not receive that. Now, whether my parents intended to communicate that or not is not really, (laughs) it's not really the issue. Because in some ways it doesn't matter what you intend to communicate. It is what you communicate. And what I got from them was there is something intrinsically wrong with me. And that thing that is wrong with me has made me in so many ways unlovable. And I've tried to fix that by performance. I've tried to fix that by lying. I've tried to fix that by cheating, you know, in my childhood. I've tried to fix that by doing every possible thing that I could do in our house or with my younger siblings taking care of them before my parents would even need to communicate that that was a need or a desire, like cooking and cleaning and caring for children. And and it still wasn't enough because, unfortunately... Yes, we need to we need to get this from our parents, but unfortunately everybody in the mix, at least in my upbringing, probably was struggling with their own issues of not feeling loved or lovable and their own insecurities and their own inner critics and so on and so forth. And I want to reiterate that that does not mean that there are not long-lasting consequences for me because of their inability to communicate my worth and my value and my lovableness as their child. So that's, that's what I really mean by that. 
mantra is, and I went back and forth, like, do I, do I write, I will not, I, I will not fight to be loved. And so half of the day I was like, should I, because people aren't really going to understand it. And then I was like, it doesn't really matter if you all understand it. I wrote it for me. And if out of that desire to write myself into wholeness or speak myself into more wholeness or speak myself into feelings of lovableness along the way somebody else is like yes that speaks to me that is about me that is what I'm struggling with that is what I'm feeling then awesome I I love how in our relationships with each other we are learning and growing and changing and my stuff bleeds into your stuff in good ways and your stuff the things that you learn bleed into me if we're in relationship with each other and we're constantly growing and changing because of our relationships with each other and how much we need each other but bottom line is I wrote it for myself hoping you know on some level that it would resonate with you. And I've heard back from other people that it has resonated. But I started thinking about this thing in me that I've actually been spending a lot of time in therapy with my therapist that I feel like I have really gone deep over the course of my life. If if I think about myself growing up, performing, 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 serving, doing, wanting somehow to feel like I was okay as is. To who I am now, I receive a lot of love. I'm able to hold on to a lot of it. I can give love mostly in the ways that I want. And I still think, and this is one of the reasons I'm in therapy again right now, is I still think that there is a place in me that has not surrendered, I don't know a better word, to being caught off guard by love and that has not fully been able to absorb and receive love as I desire to receive love. So there are some things that I came up with that seemed like a good plan to me. And one of the things that I talked about in my most recent um, blog, post, or whatever you want to call it, (laughs) was paying attention. And I've been working on this for a while, and I coined the phrase for myself, the practice of paying attention. Who knows? Maybe I didn't come up with it. But it's something that a few years ago I was like, Paying attention is important, but I'm practicing it. I'm trying to to make it something that I'm constantly practicing, constantly like, so how am I feeling in my body? Or what was that little, little zing that I felt? And going back to Resma, he talks about that, about those things that we get in our bodies. Maybe it's discomfort. Maybe it's a... Um, a pressure in your chest or something 
when you see something that is not okay, like white supremacy, I'll use that as an example, or you encounter racism, or you see a behavior in yourself that is rooted in white supremacy, where, where is that showing up? And he's like, don't, don't push it down. Don't ignore it. Pay attention to that thing that you're feeling and just pay attention to it. You don't have to do anything with it. Just pay attention to it. So I have taken that into so many other areas in my life. Like if I have a conflict with my husband or one of my children or a friend, I can kind of go, oh, this is this something that I really need to work on right now? Confront, you know, own? Or is this something that um, I just need to pay attention to what I'm feeling? Because I definitely have, there's energy to it. And that energy I feel in my body. So when I came up with that mantra, I would say that was the practice of paying attention because I noticed the pattern again. I hadn't been thinking about it for a month or so. And I noticed the pattern again. Bottom line is I deserve love. Even if I'm the shittiest person in in the world, I deserve to be loved. I'm not the shittiest person in the world. (laughs) And I deserve to be loved, as is whether I never change from today on I will because that's a value of mine but regardless whether I never make movement forward I deserve love and I won't fight for it anymore I won't fight for the scraps at the table of love which I think so much of my life I fought for the scraps at the table of love because there didn't there didn't seem to be enough to go around. I wasn't good enough, squeaky enough, clean enough, cute enough, skinny enough, smart enough, witty enough, fast enough, whatever the enough is, I wasn't. And even in my relationship with my husband, I have fought for the scraps of the table of love. And so when that line came in my head when I was walking the dogs I just walked with it and so much right now it's just the state I'm in is so much of my pain attention resides in my chest usually I notice and then I'm like okay that where is that in my body almost always like right in the center and I just walked with the dogs And that line in my head, I will not fight for love. I will not fight for love. I will not fight for love. So that's one of the things that you can do when you are finished listening to the podcast today is you can take yourself on a walk, put yourself in a bubble bath, get somewhere by yourself and just sit, sit. First, the practice of paying attention. So what are you feeling? Sometimes it's hard to kind of like 
get into that moment. That's why for me, the rhythm of walking is really good because rhythm helps me, you know, the slapping of my feet on the ground or shooting an arrow helps me to kind of be in a liminal space, I guess, for lack of a better word, in a space that's different, out of my head, but still in my body and still in in my, I guess, in my inner wisdom. And then sit with that feeling. And again, sometimes if you've been raised like me to not be in your feelings or to allow your feelings to be present with you in the moment you're in, our feelings can be all over the place. So just sitting. And if if you don't get anything, that's okay. Again, it's practice sitting with your feelings. Practice paying attention. So sit with yourself in the bathtub, on a walk, um, laying in your bed, wherever you can get alone and just let it be whatever it is. If you feel rage come up in your body, let it be rage and then dissipate it. Like do the things, do the practices that I've talked about on this podcast many times. You can do the 25 butterfly slaps and breath, 25 butterfly slaps and breath. If you need to go back, I've probably mentioned that in at least two podcasts, probably more like 10, because it's something that I use all of the time. I use it at least two or three times a week and teach it all the time because it's been so helpful helpful to me and for me and for so many other people that I know. The other thing is just, I've talked about this on here too, punching the air or just moving your hands like flicking things away. So you, if you visualize what I'm doing right now, I'm literally just f- um, swinging my arms and flicking my hands. Just get that excess energy out of your body and then return to sitting if you can. Maybe you only have a few minutes. Return to it, not to fix it or do anything about it, but just be with yourself in it, creating that container of safety. And one of the things that can come up is the inner critic can be screaming in our ears um, and in our whole being about what a worthless piece of shit we are or that we're unlovable or that we're not enough or that there is something so wrong with us that we're the exception to the rule. That is not true. There is no one who is the exception of the rule. There are people that are so complicated that I can't imagine how hard it would be to love them. I don't have anybody in my life like that, minus my mother, and she's not in my life. Um, but you are not that person. And your inner critic, as soon as that inner critic comes up, maybe you're laying on your bed and that, and your inner critic you know, starts scratching at you like, you're a piece of shit. You're the exception to the rule. Nobody can love you. You need to start practicing telling your inner critic, not right now. Telling your inner critic to back the fuck off. Telling your inner critic, I need space from you right now. And that is not true about me. Practice advocating for yourself. This is the thing, like, 
when you start to look at things like reparenting yourself, it totally sucks. The hope is we get decent parents the first time. We're parented in a way that is healthy, helps us to be whole and emotionally intelligent and all those things. More than likely, you got somebody that did a halfway decent job, but still you've had to parent yourself to some degree. Or you're like me and a lot of the friends that I have that have had really not great parents and have had to really spend a lot of my adult life while parenting my own children, parenting myself. And I've gotten to a place where I have been able to say, I get to parent myself. I get to be the parent I wanted. I get to be the loving place for myself to land. I get to be the kind person. I get to be the calm. I get to be all of these things. It is the same with love. Yes, we want to be loved by other people, but we have to love ourselves first. We have to communicate to ourselves that we are valuable, that we are worth loving. And when we hear that inner critic tell us something contrary... If we don't have the strength in the moment to go, that's a lie. This is not true about me. We can practice a mindful technique that I that I teach all the time. That's like, it's sort of a reframing te- technique. It's like, I feel unlovable right now. But the truth is, I am a lovable person. I do loving things for other people. And I am also worth loving. I don't feel this way right now. I don't feel loving right now. I don't feel lovable. I feel all of my flaws. But the truth of the matter is, even if I don't feel that way right now, I still am lovable exactly as I am. It's practicing the things that knit us back together, that sew up the parts that maybe weren't weren't done well or maybe your parents were okay and you were you married somebody and they didn't treat you the way you deserved to be treated they were abusive they were verbally abusive they they were fill in the blank they were not good for you And so you internalized that as there was something wrong with you. That that you are flawed and that isn't true. We have to knit those places in ourselves back together. We have to be loving. We have to get down into our inner wisdom and ask inner wisdom what the truth is about us. And sometimes that means we have to make amends and own things that we've done, not to make us loving, not to make us lovable, but to help us move forward in a transformative way with ourselves and with other people. Sometimes it's an ongoing practice of, oh, I I need to check in with myself and I wasn't feeling totally myself today and I think if I would have felt totally myself I wouldn't have maybe responded to my friend the way I ended up responding. I'm going to apologize for that. Does that make you more loving? More lovable? No. 
It just means you're moving through the world, also considering other people and keeping your relationships intact and being loving towards other, treating people the way you want to be treated. Now, that doesn't mean that you own things that you shouldn't or you make amends where it's unsafe to make amends. You do what you can do with what you have and the people that are safe for you to do it with. And the inner wisdom piece is the listening piece. It's the paying attention. It's calling the inner critic to take a hike, be quiet, shut up. (laughs) And it's also giving ourselves what our inner wisdom would give us in the first place. And that's the truth in a loving way. And I've said this before, inner wisdom does not slap us. Inner wisdom is not critical. Inner wisdom is not shaming. So any of those things, that's the inner critic. Inner wisdom is like, I see that you struggled today and you were off and I love you. I love, I love us. <laughs> I love everything about us. We may have to say sorry for that or... Why don't you do something kind for yourself? We love to take hot baths. We love to, you know, curl up on the couch with a good book. What what feeds you? What what brings tenderness in? That's the thing is, yes, maybe you have a great partner and you have the most amazing friends that are constantly giving you what you need and celebrating you. And if you aren't loving to yourself, I don't think those things really sink in. I know they don't for me. If I'm not being loving with myself and Todd does something, you know, that is loving, sometimes it pulls me out of something because we have a long, you know, we're almost on 23 years of marriage. Um, but sometimes if, if I'm in a real hole, It's me that has to call the love out. It's me that has to be the gentle voice, the kind, the kind one, the one that's like, we can do this. Maybe you need to, maybe we need to go to sleep early. Maybe, maybe you need to take yourself on a walk. Maybe you you need to read some poetry that is reminding you how wonderful the world is and how wonderful you are. We need to build a container that can hold these kind of conversations inside of us. Sometimes we feel silly, like the whole journaling process that I teach, intensive journaling workshop, is having these kind of inner dialogues with ourselves. And building that strong container that can handle what we are talking about inside of ourselves. It's hard to, it's hard to communicate because it's all inside, you know, writing things down or verbally saying it to ourselves or whatever it is. So, but it's us talking to us. And sometimes that throws people, am I talking to myself or am I talking to inner wisdom or am I talking to myself or am I talking to the critic? Yes. Yes, just start loving yourselves. Start saying we are enough. 
years ago, I um, showed up on a Sunday at the bridge and I had been in a really dark place. And I had this mantra in my head that so many of you, I'm guessing, have, because I've ran into, since I've ran into hundreds of people that have this mantra of, I am not enough. I am not enough. That was the mantra over my life. And my friend Crystal came to me and she was like, I have something for you. And it wasn't my birthday. I don't think it was my birthday. I think it was just because Crystal's really good at stuff like that. Just knowing something about you. And I hadn't, don't think I had ever said this out loud. And I opened up the gift and it was a locket. And in the locket, somebody had hammered the words, I am enough. And I just started crying because I was like, how did you know? How did you know that my mantra over my life is I am never enough? I'm never enough. She was like, I don't know. I just had this feeling. <laughs> Possibly because she, she feels it too. A lot, of, a lot of women do. Regardless, that is a treasured gift of mine. Even if I don't wear it very often because I don't have a costume dress up that often anymore. That is a treasured gift of mine that somebody that loved me reminded me of who I am and that I am enough. And that's all I want you to do. I just want you to remind yourself who you are, not who people have told you you are, not who the world tells you you are, not who your parents told you you were, not who your shitty partner or boyfriend or girlfriend has told you you are grandparents, teachers, society. I want you to tell yourself, I am worthy of love. I am worthy of love. I will not fight for the scraps at the table of love. I will not fight for the scraps at the table of love. Please take care of yourself. I know the holidays are coming. If you're nervous about family, I have so many holiday episodes. Just go back and <laughs> there's a lot of holiday survival guides out there. Take care of yourself in ways that prep you to make different decisions for yourself during the holidays. To build your container so that you can handle what's coming in a way that is also strengthening to you and doesn't put you in dangerous situations, doesn't put you in places that you, you shouldn't go because people don't deserve to be around you <laughs> that don't treat you in a loving manner. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the people who have told me that this was meaningful. I got a lot of feedback on the Inner Wisdom um, podcast that I did and the mantra from last week and it was really meaningful to me because it helps me it helps me to talk to you but it also helps me to know that um yeah that you hear it and that it's helpful to you um it it helps me know that I'm not like I've said before just talking into the ether hoping that somebody hears and that it's meaningful and because I don't want to do it if it's not meaningful, because I can I can talk to friends and my therapist who I pay <laughs> if it's not meaningful to people, I should probably stop. <laughs> but I'm glad that it is. And I appreciate the feedback. As you go out, 
into the world, remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. I love you.